Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Cheers. It's 11 personnel. Presented by our friends at Marcel Bank. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. And um, the portal's kicking our ass. Um, I'm not sure what kind of show we're going to have tonight, but let's let's get weird, Luckett. Let's get really weird tonight because I just, um, I, I, I about had, I about snapped on my kids about three times tonight. <laughs> and and that was like the one reprieve I got from the portal was like an hour of making dinner and hanging out with them and yeah you know there's just there's a lot going on right now a lot going on Nick you've seen Jumanji um, when Robin Williams goes up to the guy and asks what year is it <laughs> that's what this feels like right now like what like did Brock Vandergriff did he commit three Dude, months that was, ago that was like it was that was a week ago at least um I mean, like it, we've talked twice since the bowl game, and I don't know if we've even talked about Dabo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it's, it's, and that was only three, four days ago. I mean, three. We talked on Monday. Ago? Yes. Yeah. We found out on Sunday, talked on Monday. Just, it's Wednesday. The, the <laughs> Last worst, I checked. The worst part about this, too, is that just when you're like, okay, I think I've, got a good grip on things like nope something else happens and it just everything gets flipped upside down right like I think you and I both wrote today it went live at 6 p.m I had it scheduled for 6 p.m while I was fixing dinner for the family uh man really light on running back targets really light on running back targets I think Matt tweeted at 553 about chip training him you know like it's just like I mean just everything's happening so fast and you know what that's what's great is like if you're joining us now then you're just going to hear it all happen as it's happening. So, yeah, boom. 
It's honestly probably better that way. Uh, you can just consume it all at once instead of uh, this breakneck. I've been calling it head on a swivel season, which it is. I mean, things are just happening like that. Oh, that's why we got the icy hot to help the neck pain, you know? And uh. nice little news dump over there in Lexington today. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to sneak it in there, see if anyone would notice. Nice contract extension because that is worth a majority of an episode. Yeah, we could spend today. a whole... It's like the fifth yeah. thing today that we probably need to talk about. It really did go. I mean, it was like 8, 8. I think I got it. I found I, I, I read it on air at 8.30 this morning, and three or four big news stories have happened since. Uh, each one could earn their own uh, highlight at the top of the show. We are going to talk about it all thanks to our friends at Monticello Bank. You know them. You love them. They're the proud presenting sponsors of 11 Personnel. Because um, at Monticello Bank is where people matter. You matter. We matter. We all matter right here on the KSR YouTube channel. Um, Monticello Bank's got 21 branches in 14 different counties. If you're shopping for a big purchase this holiday season, looking to buy a new home in the new year, consider Monticello Bank. Where people matter for a reason. They've been in business for 128 years because they do it the right way. Visit them online at NBCBank.com or visit them at one of those branches in one of those locations. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Um, a, a couple housekeeping things before we get into the meat and potatoes. Um, one, the board is absolutely popping people. Um, there was a time where I was like, oh, man. I don't know about this KS board. It, it's if you haven't checked it out and you're like, "Ooh, should I or not?" Like, now is the time to put your dollar down. It's two. You get two months for a dollar if you use UK one. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's the the promo for KSR YouTube channel users. So, if you ever thought about it seriously, there's so much happening right now. It's just pew, 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 pew. Um, and it's a lot of fun. At least I think so. Uh, secondly. We're very close to 25,000 subscribers. Very close. That's a very big milestone for YouTube channels. So tell your friends about us. Smash the like button. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. We greatly appreciate you following along through this all. I, I know we, we're doing a little bitching and moaning at the top, but, you know, the coffee, the, the Irish coffee is just now kicking in. We're going to be rocking. We're going to be rolling. It's fun to do this job. You all make it better. We appreciate you. Help us hit that milestone as we break into... Transfer portal talk. Where let's just go straight to the most recent because, like, that was the my overall takeaway. Three days in was like, where the hell are they going to get a running back? Because Rocket Sanders was the only guy that was of note. And a when your name's Rocket, you're going to be highly sought after. Um, and b he had a very weird year, so I, I I wondered how. I even wonder just how much UK would – I mean, he's good, and you would take him. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I also wondered what the interest would be after a kind of injury year where things are a little weird there. Like, it's like, well, is he going to come back? He might be able to come back, but he's not going to come back. And that was just – things obviously soured there. Um, so I I was left kind of twiddle my thumbs wondering – all right, who's, who's Kentucky going to get after? Well, they found a dude at Ohio State whose neck is wider than his head. So I, I think he might qualify. Yeah, Nick, uh, Chip Trainum here, 5'11", 233 pounds, was a top 300 recruit in the class of 2020, top five player in Ohio. He's kind of had a – Archbishop Hoban, the home of Danny Clark. That's correct. 
just kind of had a crazy journey in college. Goes to Arizona State for two years despite having legitimate Big Ten interests. But there was some positional... What's he going to do? I would say right. discourse with yeah. him and probably schools. I think a lot of schools liked him at linebacker. He wanted to play tailback. He goes to Arizona State, plays tailback for two years, has two solid seasons as a backup to Rashad White, who's now the Tampa Bay Bucks starting tailback. Um, so he was a good player. He was sitting behind after the 2021 season, and then we were – they were the heart. We got twenty five k subs. Thank you very much. Woohoo! Yeah, you did it. <laughs> it's power yeah. of the portal. Power of the portal. Um, anyway, back to train him. He was at Arizona State. Decides to go home. Ohio State. Once he play linebacker, they were short on linebackers going into the twenty twenty two season. Nick, so they Watch add you. him to play linebacker. He moves. <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't really work out. He ends up at tailback this year. He was a part of a three-band rotation tailback. Scored the game-winning touchdown against Notre Dame as the as like a walk-off touchdown there in South Bend. Um, it's not much of an explosive tailback. Only 13.2% of his carries have gone over 10-plus yards. But he's definitely what I would say kind of a pile mover. Um, got size. He could be kind of your big tailback that hopefully, you know, gets you ahead of the chains. And so I think that's what Kentucky's looking at him. And when you look at the roster makeup, what they have in that room right now, they don't really have that. And I think go back to Jay Bulware's introductory press conference here at Kentucky, he said he wanted big, powerful backs, right? And that's what this guy is. And so I think the fit makes sense. I would understand some hesitancy, though, because, Nick, he's only been kind of a secondary piece at the two schools he's been at. But market dictates a lot of this. Yeah. The the running back market has just not been good. Just full stop. The cycle. To this point, we're still early, but it has been – I've been unimpressed with the running back market. Um, And I think that is a little bit of a surprise because of that position, but – I think this guy could come in with a high floor. You know what you're going to get with him, and I think that that's fine. But they're probably going to need, you know, they need. We've talked about this a hundred times, but they got to start recruiting high school players and developing them better. They're going to have about three or four of them in the room, and they'll need one or two of those guys to step up. And then hopefully, this guy can just kind of be your placeholder starter. So that. that that's kind of you mentioned like he's just really been a secondary piece. Isn't that all they need, right? Like. I, I know we went into this year talking about uh, it being running back by committee, and then Ray Davis just ended up taking all the carries. But, um, you know, James Smith mentions uh, Jock West Keys, the kid from Ironton, redshirt freshman. Like, that would be – they'll have two redshirt freshmen, two true freshmen, uh, Demi Sumo Karmbe, and this guy. I mean, they, they that's six bodies, right? Am I, or only five. I think I did the math wrong there. I'm, we, I'm, yeah. we say that. But they, they always end up just having one guy, right? Like we said, we've been saying this for a long time. Oh, they'll do this, that, and it always ends up being one guy emerges that they just ride. So until they do something different, that's what I'm just going to assume is going to happen. And then the one year we saw a rotation was 2022, and it was awful, <laughs> you know, when they didn't have Chris Rodriguez. So I, I think they would like to find one guy and just ride him. That's been their M.O., 
And that's probably why Chip Trainum is probably liking the Kentucky sell. I would imagine he can come in and yeah. be the guy. And so we'll see. Um, they're doing a good job recruiting, I think. And I think they're filling needs, Nick. But there is definitely a feel of like <laughs> there's just not a lot of flash or, or a splashy names or moves here lately. Even Brock Vandegrift is totally unproven guy. So you're banking a lot of them. Okay, they're seeing something. Let them them develop that. Uh, but there's definitely a sense of, I think, okay, that makes sense. Show me of the guys that are recruiting both high school, I think, and portal to this point. And Chaka's right. They did rotate backs, but all of us during the 2020 year were yelling, "Why isn't Chris Rodriguez getting the ball more?" Yeah, yeah. And then in 2021. He got what? He got the ball more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's always been like that. I just, I think he, he fits a need. Yeah. Well, that, and, that makes sense. I don't want to like overcomplicate it or overanalyze it because it's tailback. You never know. But it's just like, like we, okay, we, placeholder. There we go. And here's the thing, too. We thought the same thing about Ray Davis last year and look what he did, right? That's he, true. Yeah. He, he exceeded yeah. expectations. I think my question then comes to like it. Um, the transfer portal isn't just open for this week. It's open for a while. There's going to be a second wave after the bowl games. There's going to be a third wave after the spring game. If you aren't completely sold on Chip Trainum, do you, does Adam Luckett, you get to sign off on these? Are you, is this good enough to pass muster, or do you roll the dice for later on and risk, run the risk of being Kenny Payne, and then all of a sudden you don't have any guards that know how to dribble the ball, and you win four basketball games? Remember when they did that happened? That was that was pretty funny. He's like, "Oh, I can get better point guards," and just none of them ever materialized. They have got to hit on these high school kids. They just got to start hitting on them. So I w- I would not be like you've got three pretty young ones in the room, Nick. I would be hesitant on bringing in more than one transfer tailback. That's just my two cents. Yeah. Well, that's my po- so, but is is. Do you gamble on somebody better coming in the portal than train them, or do you just you say, all right, this this is good enough. This is good enough stopgap for me. Based on the small sample size market we've seen, I think it makes sense to move on this guy. Yeah, I, that's where I'm at too. Is like I don't know. It's probably just going to be a down year for running backs in the portal. Like that. That's kind of where my head's at. So go get this guy. And you know what? Even if he is just three yards in the cloud of dust guy and he's not as explosive, um, you know what? That's why you're in. That's why Mark Stoops has that long quote about us investing in the passing game, right? Like that, Mm -hmm. the running back position, if one of those three, like one of those three freshmen has to contribute somewhat next year. Like that's just a reality. Um, So uh, to your, to your overall point, these are kind of, Stop gap, plug it, plug in holes temporarily, and you know what? I'll happily plug hole with a guy who hasn't played much, but will go in and hit a walk off win against Notre Dame, right? Who uh, posts some crazy? Uh, he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list, yeah. and sometimes I wonder about those numbers because he gets them from the schools, right? Or a trainer, think, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, he we clocked him at twenty two miles an hour. Barry Brown was running twenty two miles an hour on that return, so yeah, I don't f- know if four three forty was reported. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if that's. That. I'm going to find that on Chip Trainum's tape. But I, you know, it, the the point being, he's built like a guy that needs a neck roll. So I yeah. just, can we get TK to get him a cowboy collar? 
Like, let's make that happen and just have him just headbutting dudes yeah. uh, in, in the Commonwealth. Two more things here before we move on and train them. It's going to be his third school. Me, personally, I'm a little hesitant on these three school guys. Like, yeah. why, are you, why are you going to three schools? You're you know, enough, yeah. So that's something. That's a worry point to me. Now, there's reports out there that Trainum's like a great kid, great locker room piece, yada, yada, yada. And he's from Ohio, so I think he's going to probably fit Kentucky's culture mm-hmm. pretty well. well. And, and I think part of what you can explain him better than most on the three schools is the positional, like nobody can figure out what to do with him, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I just want to throw that out there. Correct. That – I just, I just want that out there. Uh, and then, Nick, ACC's different, but Isaac Grindo was a great find for Louisville this year. Yeah. Right? He ran for 650, 700 yards. That was over, I think, like five and a half yards per rush. It was really good for them. Like, the Big Ten's a big boy league. So, like, he's shown he can play good football in the Big Ten. I think that probably translates to Kentucky. That's a good point. So, I think he's going to be – a, qual- a quality player. I just don't know how high the ceiling is. Yeah. But I do think at bare minimum, you can plug him in. If you're hand- handing him the ball a bunch, he's going to get – like if you truly use him as an RB1, he's probably going to approach close to 1,000 yards, uh, especially for a line that probably needs a tailback to create some extra yards because um, we talked about Kentucky's a line. They're improved, but they're not just blasting dudes at the line of scrimmage and mm. moving bodies. That's just not – I don't think who they are. And so Trainum's a guy, I think, for an offense that struggled with efficiency, I think they might be happy with a lot of second and sixes, right? <laughs> like, keep That's us true. out of second and ten. Let's live in second and six. Let's get the third and two well, on second and seven. And that would certainly benefit uh, a first-year starting quarterback, one of the likes of Brock Vandegrift, who announced Wednesday morning, bright and early, that he will, in fact, transfer to Kentucky um we talked about it quite extensively on rapid reactions um so i don't you know we don't need to dive into it a ton here other than just to be slightly redundant and just say like i personally am pretty excited about this guy and um i'm a little you know uh what's that's the right word i'm looking for here i don't want to say worried but like he needs game reps he needs game tape Last year's schedule would have done him a lot of good, right? Instead of, we're, we're going to find out. Um, I guess next week is going to be a schedule release show, like it, because we'll get the final schedule December 13th. Um, they haven't, I don't know if they gave us a time, and I'm sure it's during Fine Bomb or right after. I bet it's right after it's, Fine Bomb, like seven. It's at night. Yeah, I think it's at seven. Yeah, I looked up. That, that would make sense that they just do it on SEC Now or whatever. Um, so, yeah, well, it'll be a schedule release show. Um, some of them have already leaked out, but which. Georgia week three, South Carolina. Uh, I don't know if that's confirmed, but we're we're yeah. operating that's week two. Process of elimination. Yeah, can check me if you want. Every other team, SEC team on Kentucky schedule has a game that day. Yeah, yeah. So I think they have to play South Carolina unless they both got a week two bye week, which I think Shane Bieber and Mark Stooth would both throw a fit about. <laughs> right. If right. that they don't want to bye week that they early. get two uh bye weeks next year, which yeah. uh weird calendar so I, oddity. Uh, yeah. I think that's you're gonna get South Carolina at home in week two, then you're gonna get Georgia at home in week three, and then you've got 
Mm-hmm. So Ohio, I believe, in week four. And I think that's the schedule. Southern Miss week one. I think you're going to go four home games in a row. You're going to go Southern Miss, South Carolina, Georgia, Ohio, start the year. Quite the sandwich there um, where Vandegriff won't have that extra rope. It's one game and then, all right, here's an SEC opponent, and then you're playing your former team, which I'm sure there won't be any emotions there that he'll be having to deal with. So um, I it's just a wide I, I, I have confidence that Vandegrift can be really good at Kentucky and can be what many people hope him to be at Kentucky. The question is though is just how long does it take, right? And we've got a lot more experience dealing with this in basketball, which is why um, you know, I hate to bridge that gap, but like when you you have guards struggling and being inconsistent early, that's that's yeah, that's it's them figuring out. The same thing you're going to happen with quarterbacks who are starting for the first time. I mean, it took Levis five, six weeks to really get cooking there. Now, some of that was on the coordinator, right? And we're a little bit more confident that the coordinator and the quarterback will be on uh, the same page this go-around and that the offense might be better suited to fit him, particularly with some of that zone read stuff. Um, but still, there's going to be like there's going to be some bumps on that road. Right, like he's gonna throw safety's gonna jump a route where he just doesn't see him, like that stuff like that is gonna happen. Um, but I, I really like the the mobility aspect though, especially if you have, like you mentioned, an efficient running back who can get those third and short and mediums. Because, I mean, Kentucky's third down offense was so bad so many times, and that 2021 season was just beautiful. Because even if if Will couldn't throw it to Wandale or whoever. His ass could run that five, six, seven, eight yards or whatever. And that's that's what Vandegrift will bring back into the fold for this Kentucky offense. I agree. I think the run element is going to be big here. It's going to give them more built-in answers in the run game. I think this year part of the reason they were so pass-happy is they didn't have those built-in answers. It was pretty much Ray Davis or Bust. And especially when he couldn't get going, they were in trouble. In the run game operation, I think they're going to have more variety more answers with Vandegrift, specifically in the zone read game. And with Cohen admitting and Stoops admitting they want to look at tempo and doing some different stuff, spread stuff, I think he will fit that. And there, there's going to be things he can do to hurt defenses. Um, he's He's got traits. I think he's got a high ceiling. But where is the floor for him? I, I would say as a passer is really the big question here. Something you're just going to have to find out once he starts getting live action in games on Saturdays yeah. uh, this upcoming season. But this is a guy I think can make some big boy throws and can do some things, specifically off script, uh, and just move in the pocket and do other things. And he can he can make some of the throws, I think, down the middle, Nick, that are not easy throws, tight window throws on crossers that Cohen's offense will ask his quarterback to hit. I think he can hit those. And so I think accuracy is a big question over time and over a full season. Can he hit the throws you need him to make? I think that's the big question. But he's got a ton of talent. Uh, and he could really, really be a good quarterback if it hits because of all the physical trait boxes he checks. You just got to see if he can go do it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot there to like. And similar to kind of Will Levis, I think Cohen's going to have a, be able to mold him more so where Leary – I think was so established as a starter. He kind of was who he was at that point. And where yeah. this one, there's going to be, I think, more personal and 
player-wise development going on going on there. And we'll see how it works out. But I I like the process here with Vandergriff. I like what he brings to the table. Um, now you're just going to go and develop him. Yep. And um, and that's that's the part where you, you do trust Cohen, right? You, you give him a little bit of rope there. Um, well, you better trust him because you're paying him $1.8, $1.9 million. So can, that's where that comes in. Can I just say, too, that it's pretty nice that – it's Wednesday here, and I saw our guy, uh, J.D. Piquel. He had predictions for all the transfer quarterbacks, and it was like a dozen, maybe 15. That would just be – it would be exhausting if we had to play this game for a long time. It was in 48 hours, open and shut case. So, glad to – Now to we just have... get to play it with every other position. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm expecting Vandergriff to be on campus this weekend. Uh, I haven't been able to confirm it, but – um, he'll probably be there along with Raymond Cottrell from Texas A&M and uh, a few more visitors. Um, I believe Devin McCulley's is still on, um, or Donovan mm-hmm. McCulley. Michigan is uh, cranking it up there. That feels like that's going to be a tough one to beat there. So, um, but I think, like you said on KS Board, though, like it, there is a there is no shortage of good wide receivers. That was just one that. The cats got on early. You really liked where they were, and you thought that that ceiling was very high for that kid. Yeah, I think similar to train them. Like if if his metrics hold up in testing, that Bruce Feldman reported, like that dude's getting drafted. Full stop. He could run for eight yards next year. Um, someone's gonna use a flyer on the sixth round pick for him. Uh, but the same with McCulley. That's a draft pick. Like, they're going to draft him regardless. Where he kind of ends up in the draft is going to be determined this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot to like with him. I thought the ceiling was really high with McCulley. Uh, and him and Cottrell both, Nick, They it's clear they want an X receiver. Like, they need another X receiver, a big X receiver that they can go to on third and six, third and seven, third and eights, or go across the middle. They only had – Dane Key was really the only one that could do that this year yep. on the outside. And I think that's important to find. I think Cottrell and McCulley both fit that. I think, you know, you miss on McCulley, I could still see them look to find one. But I think Cottrell brings a lot to, to the table to like. Uh, you kind of dig into him. He's kind of got a similar profile to Dan Key. Big-bodied receiver, good route runner, catches everything. Or, well, Dane Caught a lot this freshman year. Sophomore wasn't so good. But has a very, like, strong hands. He's good, good at the catch point, which Dane is. He's just got to get back to what we saw more mm-hmm. so his freshman year. But we still see him make some tough, strong catches. Uh, and that's, I think, something they're looking for. And I think Cottrell, I like where they stand with him going into this visit. And it's obvious they're, they're looking for other help two there at receiver. I mean, I think they're going to add two to three guys. So, Cottrell will be one, and then where do you get the others? Um, Macklin's the other one, the North Texas transfer that we know of as of right now. And there's some other ones that are kind of, I think, filling out a little bit. But it's clear they want to get multiple receivers this year. They did not like how that happened. And for the wide receiver coach, at this point, I would assume it's going to happen after signing day. Uh, That it's taken so long, it feels like, the guy they want is on a staff somewhere and doesn't want to leave yet would be my guess, but I could be wrong. Was the when the deadline today? So for what? I mean, for the because you have to have job postings for a week, 
right? I I know that's a uh, fact, but I oh okay, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I I like so like they might that might be the case where hell we could get one Friday. Um, I need to go look because I know the job posting has since been taken down. Um, so what well, I think it has hell, but I, I know that state law you got to have it open for a week before you fill it. So it's either a Friday or a after signing day. Like, yeah, like yeah, like I, one of the two. Um, we had somebody ask a question. Well, if, oh. if it's Friday, we'll find out tomorrow. It'll leak out tomorrow, Thursday, if it's Friday. Well, and even if it's not official, like they can have the like, all right, we reported it's this guy, so he'll start recruiting, but not official, you know, in an official capacity sort of deal. Um, yeah, my thing with it is it's just been real quiet. Like, yeah, there hasn't been any like watch these two names or anything like that. But I will say there is. Um, Information is really hard to come by right now. Um, there's not a whole lot getting out over there. So, as much as things have been buzzing, that is a it is they are making a concerted effort to keep certain things quiet. So, uh, that that is a prerogative of one uh, high-ranking official. I will not mention exactly who, but you can you can guess. There's there's a couple there's a couple guys who. Who runs stuff over there? And some of them they don't want stuff out. Um, Are you saying that that was part of the um, uh, knockdown drag them out? <laughs> the, 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 the talks uh, yeah. on fr- Saturday night after the little win. Are you saying that? Which is just great for our job. Look, like it. It's just, yeah, thanks like, a lot. <laughs> yeah, like damn, like you can't. It does you a little bit of good. Well, it does me a lot of good if you'll talk to me a little bit. Um, which that brings us to what Josh asked about the any smoke to the Bo Allen rumors because I love. Um, I love where we're getting some of the, the smoke is coming from because it's all like blue-haired circles in Lexington like it. You know, it's all like the kind of good old boys around town who know stuff. Um, it would – here's the thing because we, we mentioned Vandegrift, but like – Makes sense on a surface level. Right, because you just need somebody there and you ideally aren't throwing Cutter in. Um. I don't know. Like that, that's my thing, though. Is like, don't you? You want, want to it, throw them in? Yes, I'm with you there. <laughs> like, like that, that's the part that I don't get. You need bodies, but do you really? Do you need that one? Maybe it's insurance. Yeah, because your other alternative would be Deuce Hogan. Maybe. I mean, he entered the portal and deleted the tweet, and we haven't heard from him in two days. So I don't really know what the hell is going on there. Um, and I, I know um, there's like talk about him maybe being a wanting to coach so like this is just him going to grad school to get a start on being a ga he just doesn't feel like doing the thing in georgia southern anymore so i don't know service level makes sense as insurance but i it would it would be unusual let's say that mr luckett let's say that it would uh, but it's not like that unusual from like gunner hope going back to ohio state yeah it would be kind of that kind of addition yeah, it's just that Gunnar Hoke didn't start at Ohio State, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he would if everything went to plan. Bo Allen wouldn't either, but yeah. he has at least some knowledge of Cohen's offense. Mm-hmm. He probably helped Vandegrift with the transition. He played for a year at the FCS level. You know, I mean, yeah, specifically in a room where you know, they're not going to have anybody that has any familiarity with this offense in. That hurts a little bit when they go out and do some individual stuff where at least 
you would have an old head there that could be like, oh, we do this, or on this we look at this. You know what I'm saying? Just let's work on this concept where um, you wouldn't have that if it was just Vandegrift. I mean, he it would just be him like Fresh Prince until Cutter shows up, <laughs> right? Yeah, which except he's never lived here. Anywhere, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so that that's something to monitor. Kentucky certainly needs depth there. Um, I. I, I need to ask you a, a very important question, um, Lucky, because you were really smart. You used the Game Time app. You went down to Everbank Stadium. You got to see the sights, see the scenes before the Cats go to the Gator Bowl. Um, I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet. I've been kind of putting it off. Um, I'm ta- You took vacation last weekend. I'm taking some this weekend. I'm going to check a lot of those Christmas shopping boxes off my list. Um, so one of those can easily be done by just going to GameTime.co or downloading the GameTime app, finding some tickets to a great event. Bada boom, bada bam. And what's great, too, is they're all online. So you can just, like, wrap up a box, and then they open it, and they're like, there's nothing in there. And then they turn around, and you show them your tickets. You're like, oh, it's right here. And we're going to this amazing concert. We're going to the Gator Bowl, which – like it, one of my favorite Christmas gifts ever. Back when the Cats used to play a game at Freedom Hall every year, yeah, I maybe went to like the Athletes in Action game if I was lucky. So like it was, it was a rarity to go to a Kentucky basketball game. And even then, you're sitting at the upper deck at Rupp Arena. We were in the third row to watch the Cats play Austin P. And huh, I got to go early. I got to watch Shigari Aline miss a dunk before halftime because he jumped too high. It was incredible. And you know what? The Cats were beating him, but we still thought it was hilarious to say, let's go pee. It was a memory that lasted a lifetime. Game time wasn't around then. It's around now. Go make memories that last a lifetime. Game time app, promo code KSR, $20 off your first purchase with game time. Uh, Luck it. How was Everbank Stadium? Beers are expensive. Oh. So if you're... If you're coming down for the Gator Bowl, just Ooh, be ready for that. Twelve fifty, more. No. Yeah. How much? It was like close to fifteen for like a twenty-five ouncer. Well, I mean, at least it's twenty-five. But God. no draft where I with the section we were in. I don't know about other sections, but it was just cans. It, they had the the express lines, like you see at Kroger Field. Yeah, those are nice. So that, that that makes getting it pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Was getting in and out. Yeah, I know it was Monday Night Football. Traffic Stadium. was a monstrosity getting out of there. The good news is, is I don't think that an overtime Monday Night Football game, the Jags first, that, in how many years? I, I don't think it will have quite the demand as the Gator Bowl. Um and so, just know, but that's just how it is down there. For the Florida-Georgia game, which is a mass of people, I mean, traffic is an absolute nightmare down there. Um, the infrastructure is not great. Um, they're making some changes to that, but I don't know if it's going to be any better. Like, us driving in there, it was – it was. we got there about three, four hours before kickoff, and it was traffic was bad um, getting in there. So, oh, wow. Okay. Just get ready for traffic. Right, now, really. inside, inside the stadium, it's a nice stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say it's the nicest, um, but the seats up top are good. You feel like you're close to the field even if you're up top. Um, everything's labeled pretty easy. Getting up to the upper concourse is not hard. They got escalators if you're up top. Um, 
seats are good. Um, Jacksonville, like, Nick, I was worried about, you know, you see the NFL videos, right? The YouTube fans fighting. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jags fans were super nice. People are super nice down there um, in Jacksonville. Um, Tailgate-wise, there's plenty of options and lots that you could go tailgate in. Um, You have to be prepared for pay parking. That might be a little expensive. And then there's a couple bars downtown, but that's kind of it. There's not a lot of yeah. bars down there, the but they're building it. Torn down. They, they yeah. gutted the landing, but they're building an entertainment district yeah. down there that's going to go on with whenever the new stadium. So once they get that down there, it's going to be nice. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be very nice, and they'll probably potentially host the Super Bowl again. Um, but that's for now, yeah, that's not what you're going to see. But it's a nice stadium. Like it's not a bad stadium. Uh, it's not a bad place to watch a game. Uh, I think. Customer service wise, the concession lines move fast. I had no issues with it. Was very enjoyable. Well, and your experience. team went there and my team went and kicked their ass. Yeah, which <laughs> and I don't... The, but even outside of that, like just everything set up, it was nice and easy. Enjoy the experience. I still there. cannot believe that happened, um, man. Which also shout out Josh Allen. That dude is going to make so much. Oh yeah, money. yeah, so oh, yeah. much money. Um, this this all he picked a good time to have the best year of his career. Um, all right, like it. Let's talk about it. This morning we learned four coaches got contract extensions. I was, I had talked myself into it about three quarters of the way into the season that, you know what, Zach Yenzer has done a pretty good job with this group, right? Last year was a disaster. They made good portal additions and. I know that Stoops was hesitant to say nice things about that group. I also think that's kind of a purposeful thing, too, as like a motivating tool, right? Like to kind of keep them on edge a little bit. Because they finished top four in sacks allowed and tackles for loss allowed in the SEC. And they had uh, one of the better rushing offenses in the league, too. I mean, Ray Davis ran for 1,000 yards. So, like, you know, you, you've said it often. They weren't great, but they were they were pretty good. And I was like, you know what? I had convinced myself continuity is important. Keeping Zach Yenzer would be significant. Amar Stewart, defensive line coach, he got a contract extension. He was one of the lowest paid assistants on staff. That unit's been performing very well. Um, and you know what? He's doing some work in the panhandle, too, that I think is going to start paying dividends soon. Um, it hasn't really yet. But you're paying him because the D-line's playing well, right? Uh, so I'm like, I'm all for it. Was a little surprised with the um, the Mike Stoops Frank Frank Buffano stuff, especially especially Frank, because um, as uh, our our pal Bagel on KS Board, if you're on KS Board, if you're on KS Board, everybody knows Bagel. Bagel called him Frank Buffoon, which I had I thought that was hilarious, but they didn't make they didn't make a change there. That 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 groom didn't get better. He's not providing much recruiting wise. I don't. I know he's been here a long time, and I mean they they, they didn't really give him a raise or anything. Just kept him around. It just feels like that they're not doing anything there. Uh, that surprised me because that would have been an easy opportunity to keep Mike Stoops around and have him coach what he knows um, instead of linebackers yep. position he's never coached. Yeah, uh, I think you hit most of that there, Nick. Uh, for Yenzer, like they were improved, but the high school recruiting in that room, yeah, it's is borderline 
like, I'm trying to think of the word, but borderline unsustainable, not something you can live with long term. Um, Vince is carrying a lot of weight there. Yeah. Building that room, which is and, why he's paid $1.3 million. So that's part of the deal. Part of the uh, this year, too, is we've been told the, the this tackle group stinks, uh, which is why they, they kind of swung big for three or four guys. But then at least that's kind of what we've been led to believe, right? It's like we're going to go after a couple, but we're not going to take a lot of gambles on, on some of these, these players. Mm-hmm. And so I – I get bringing him back. You're not. They're not giving him a raise at all. No. He's making the same he was going to make in 2023. I get not wanting to have O line turnover, coach turnover. So I I get all of that bringing him back. I do. Um, Anwar. I think the recruiting is question with him. Yeah, but it needs to be better. But he's his room has been good. Yes. And Brad White trusts him. And they've been good and they've developed depth. Deion Walker Deion Walker is turning into a superstar and he deserves some credit for that. Whether in my opinion. And they lost Justin Rogers, didn't miss a beat. They went got Keyshawn Silver out of the portal. No one else really wanted him. He turned into a productive player. Uh, there's young guys that are developing, getting in the rotation. Even a guy like Derry and Henry Young show progress this year. Yeah. So, it's, before he it's, got injured. It's the one position right now that I'm comfortable fits the recruit and develop mantra. Right? Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're developing guys well in there. Yeah. So, you don't have really an issue with that. Mike Stoops, not going to get rid of him. I'm not surprised. He, he didn't get a raise either, though, Nick, for this next year. Yeah, He's making the same. And he's getting bumped up twenty five thousand as kind of your number your number two. That's just the cost of doing business. Buffano didn't get a raise either, but he's gonna get a raise in twenty twenty five. I just I think there's you know, some head scratching with that from where I'm sitting. I'm not in the facility or whatever, but the safety room got worse this year. I think that's no, I don't think yeah. that's a bold statement. Um, co- coverage was an issue this year. And so you had two disappointing seasons in a row. Yes. And you, your defense took a step back this year. And you're saying just run it back. So. <laughs> yeah, that that's the part that. You is- can do it. Like he can do what I, he can do it. And he said Mark Stoops talked about stability and that's fine. But um, fans are. That's going to be brought up this season. As soon as <laughs> yeah. a player misses a tackle, uh, that's just going to – they're going to catch some heat for that, for just running it back, and we'll see how it how it plays out. I think there's a prevailing thought. We've seen it on our board that Stoops is just keeping it together until the next job comes open after the A&M yeah. thing. And I can't get on people for thinking that. No. Because I get it. And, you know, we all know Iowa's out there. Right. Uh, so that's just kind of where we're at. There, I do think part of this, Nick, Brad White's making $1.6 million this year. Liam Cohen's making $1.8 million this year. And Vince Merrill's making $1.3 million this year. That's a lot of where your money's tied. Correct. Into. And that's, and that's why they're so leaning heavily. So you need them to carry a lot of weight. 
that's why you're leaning on them for recruiting a lot too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of what's being asked of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so that's just that's just kind of where they are. I do think, like Nick, we're going to go into the season and like we're probably going to be really worried about cornerback again. Um, safety, they're going to have some guys back with experience, but what does it look like when you go up against good passing offenses again? Pass rush. You know, we talked about the defensive line, but where's the pass rush? Yeah, uh, yep. There's some concerns with the defense. In... Well, and, and Lewis brings up a very good point uh, here in the chat. Why doesn't Mark help with the DBs? That's his question. So here's the thing, Lewis, is that he does. If you go to practice during individuals, you know, when he's not doing his Mark Stoops strut around the practice field monitoring – He's with the B- DBs, right? He's on their asses. We've watched him undress Chris Collins on the football field. It was quite the sight. Uh, he's very hands-on there. But the the problem is, though, is that, like, I don't know how to – it's it's really difficult to illustrate how significant your position coaches are on a college football field because there's so many people there. I mean, they're your main coach, right? And then – they're the ones you're working with day to day. They're the ones you have the closest relationship. They're the ones busting your ass consistently. And you know what? Sometimes you might feel like you have the right to bust their ass back, and you should. Like that's that's kind of how that's the street that it works. And I'm sure there's times when the DBs come over when they're like, "Oh, shit, coach is here," you know, like that. And I just I that that's the part of this whole thing where from a development standpoint, where, where are you going? And, and that's why like, I, I haven't really, I know Chris Collins has caught some flack from some, but like Max Harrison has turned out to be a really good guy. Drew Phillips is, believes he's good enough to go pro, you know? And I mean, I, I worry that Carrington Valentine clouded his judgment there, but nevertheless, like he at least got to that point, you know? Um, and, and Collins is at least getting guys on campus to recruit. Like, he's doing an okay job, so I can – you know, you can talk me into it. Um, but to yeah. get back to your point, like, your general thought is that two seven and five seasons that were underwhelming, and the only change you made was firing Rich and bringing back Liam, which received universal praise. But, like, you know, what – And Bullware. You got – Okay, yeah. That all out of there. True. Yeah. But, uh, again, not – but you would – like Buffano and Settle, I think are pretty similar. Like I think yeah. Buffano's had a little bit more recruiting success, but so I don't know. Maybe it's just a thing where he just didn't think he could get anybody. And I also think it's important to note that Chris Collins and Frank Buffano are pretty cheap. Yeah, Here when we're talking about SEC assistance now. Part of that goes away because you gave Amar Stewart a big pay bump from three fifty to, to five hundred thousand dollars. There you go. To five hundred thousand. Um at least that's what I wrote down here. So uh, there's a two hundred thousand dollar raise, I think, by yeah. the second year. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to sit here and call for people to lose their jobs, but I just Correct. think there's there's, there's going to be criticism. People are going to be upset that not more changes were made because we were we thought there might be as many as five. I mean, like we wouldn't be surprised if they made that many, and they're only going to make one. That, and that's kind of why. We're having such a long discussion about this because, yeah, they, were, Mike, they felt that the, they felt very short of the bar this year. It more, so no, I, I think it's fair to like why are, why is the extra assistant on defense? 
with the problems they've had on offense. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's a fair thing to ask out loud. So, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, who, who Feels these like guys? you're holding something back, Adam. Just come on. You're just, just, you know, you're you're over here. You're wanting yeah. to say something. Just, just. This is this is just not the 2018 staff that had Brad White, Matt House, on mm-hmm. it, right? Clink scale. Mm-hmm. This is not John Schlarman with yeah. Eddie Grant or Eric Wolfert with Liam Cohen. What Wolfert brought as a recruiter. Yeah. Um, I think that's concerning. Well, Defensively, that's... specifically. There's just – I feel like you're asking a lot of White because Collins is still young. Like, he's still learning. This is his first Power 5 job. It's Buffano's first Power 5 job, right? Mike Stoops was a head coach. This, it was a long time since he was an assistant again. And this is Anwar Stewart's first Power 5 job. Yeah. I think you're just asking a lot of those guys, but maybe that's the – the price you pay when you, you need to pay a coordinator this much money yeah, that they're paying that's them. That's true. So, um, that's just – Yeah, that's and, all. And I, I mean, I think it. a lot I, of I the, just, the criticisms, too, also come back to the um, the recruiting aspect for some of these guys. Right. Like, the, the loudest critics are mostly the people who care the most about recruiting. And Vince is, Vince is earning his salary right now. Like, say what you want about Vince. Dude is – Doing a good job cleaning up this class. Uh, yeah. But with the coaching changes, as much as we want to harp on them, the one coaching change has seen a lot of defections from the state of Tennessee. They got rid of Woodward. Uh, Shamar Porter's in the portal. The Wade twins are in the portal. Elijah Groves flips to NC, NC State, uh, which we've – it's pretty clear that was a, a nil situation there. He was a little bit further down. He wanted a little bit more. Kentucky wasn't willing to go there. Um, so, you know what? Good good for him. But you're seeing that happen there. And we did need to specifically address, though, just, man, the, Wade, the Wade's got to feel very awkward right now. Because, I, I mean, no, they were always the quietest, nicest kids. And then to have their dad go to Main Street Maury, who I'm sure was just their good old boy in uh, Summit, I want to say, small town outside yes. of Nashville. Um, you know, that guy's just always covered their their program. And I just it, – it shocked me that he would be that uh, – not, not that the, the parents would be that outspoken, but just the contrast from the kids to the mom and dad where the disappointing part – it's just that I, you, you just hope that, you know, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do, fine. You just hope that um, some clouded judgment isn't going to wreck Keaton's career just because people are saying that his brother could be Mike Vick. When it's like, you know, the, the, the part about they didn't give Destin a chance. It's like, man, he got more of a chance than anybody ever thought he was going to get at a power five level. Like, he, he throws it like a baseball. Like, there's that's not – I can't – I, I wanted him to line up at safety when they had all those injuries this year, right? Like, he's a good athlete. He's a pretty good athlete. But quarterback, eh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Kentucky, I think, knew this, what the gamble was here. I think they rolled the dice. They always knew this could come up. Um, and I think that's just what happened. 
And so the, the, I think you just both sides move on and go your separate ways. And that's I think that's really it at the end of the day. It is what it is. Um, Destin's not going to be a quarterback here. And if that's what they want to do, shake your hand, tell them good luck. Yeah. You know, and just that's it. And, you know, I – the, the part, parents complaining it's never that's always going to be a thing for, for any anywhere it's college football uh, it's, just, yeah. it's part of the deal I mean hell you get that in Little League Nick so it just is what it is I, I really don't think we need to think put too much thought into it it just well, didn't work out and that, you know you go your separate ways I, I don't know if this was the fact or not like I don't I don't I think they'd been trying to convince him to try another spot I pretty sure that was the case Ninety percent sure that was the case. I mean, could they could they show him the Joey Gateway tape? Okay, do you want to bounce around to three different schools before you figure it out? When, yeah, I mean, but who is it? Is it the kid making the decision, or is it the parents? It's true. We don't know. Yeah. So uh, this seems like a complicated situation from what we know. And again, I think it was probably best for both parties just to move on yeah. at this point, and that's what's I, happening. And I think Kentucky will ultimately end up being just fine uh, when it's all said and done. Um, Nick, I do want to – Andrew Phillips. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We kind of gloss over that. Um, I just want to get back to the secondary. Yeah. Him and Carrington Valentine were both kind of borderline draft guys. Mm-hmm. And those are guys that Kentucky has to keep, right? Uh, those are the guys you need to win more <laughs> of those decisions uh, to keep them here. Carrington was a seventh-round pick. We'll see where Phillips ends up. I, I imagine uh, mid to late day three at best, but I could, I, mean, I could be wrong. We'll see how the draft process goes for him. But those are guys, like you just got to be able to keep those guys in your room because this is two years in a row now where you're just going to be having a big hole at corner. That you don't really know how you're going to feel. And so we'll see how they feel it. But those are just guys, man, you got to keep, especially at a position where, Nick, they just don't – this is not a position they really recruit well. Like finding good corners in Ohio is typically hard to do and in Kentucky because Ohio State usually grabbing them. Kentucky doesn't produce a lot of them. So you have to go down in Georgia and other places to get them. And a lot of times you're getting – you know, the high out of mid-three stars, which takes some development. So when you lose guys that you do develop, right, to become quality starters and they have years of eligibility and still room to improve as a player. You're missing out on their best year. Yeah, it's just you got to keep those guys in the room. And to have that happen two years in a row is not good. And I think they're going to feel that on the field next year. I mean, that, that one's going to, I think, sting for them. And you just got to be able to keep guys like that. And that it happened at the same position twice is in the same in back-to-back off seasons is just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I think they're, I just think they're going to feel that cuz I think a lot it's going to be easy for people to complain about Phillips or say oh this rest or that or I think people did that with Carrington Valentine last year. Um, and then games are going to start and you're going to think well, if they had him, be nice they'd be in a lot better shape. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, I do want to wrap up the show by taking some questions from KS Board. We got some good ones in here, but first, I need to tell you about our friends at FanDuel. We got Army Navy this weekend. 
Hell yeah. A lot of NFL action this weekend. Playoff races heating up. We got NBA end season tournament. Good college basketball. A lot going on. You can get in on all the action with FanDuel. Really looking forward to cashing my Jane Daniels Heisman uh, play. I'm feeling pretty confident about that. And uh, you should feel pretty confident when you go to FanDuel Sportsbook because it's the best sportsbook app in America. It's easy to deposit your money. It's easier to withdraw. That's what's most important, making sure you can get that winnings back. And you can get $150 in extra money to play with with bonus bets. Just make an initial deposit, place a $5 money line wager, win that. You're getting $150 in bonus bets this holiday season with our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Just use promo code PERSONNEL when you sign up or visit FanDuel.com slash PERSONNEL to lock in that sign-up bonus. But I do need to remind you that you must be 21 and over, present in Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bet, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.sportsbook.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. There's some questions on K's board. Look at, um, I don't even want to say his name because it's inappropriate, but Steve, he's asking, I know a lot of focus <laughs> on the transfer portal, but any high school recruits we should look out to celebrate footless. I haven't heard Cam any did- Rico buzz, but I think that's purposeful. Yeah, I think with Buffano staying, I feel really good about them getting Cam Dooley now because he was a lead recruiter for yep. him. And then Rico Scott is obviously one, but Nick, I just don't know how many guys they're going to take. Yeah. yeah. Because they're already at, they're at 22 right now with Groves backing out. They need to add transfers. They still need to whittle down some scholarship wiggle room on the current roster. So I think they're pretty close to max out. We'll see where they end up at the end of the day. Um, but that's just where I think they stand. Here's a question from Shaco Luckett. Are you drinking their crocodile tears for Florida State? You mad? I think Florida State has a real case for being an undefeated power conference. Any In any other year, I would say that, yes. Um, and I think we opened a can of worms by, do, by, the, by the committee doing that. But at the same time, I think you have to look at this specific situation in this specific year. They've never had this amount of one-loss slash undefeated power conference teams. So that made the decision more complicated. And lastly, I think it's an indictment on that conference over there. Yeah. Everyone knows that conference stinks. No, Everyone knows it. Yeah. No one's hiding it. Everyone knows that conference over there with seven, eight, nine, sub-50 recruiting operations that do not take football seriously. Everyone, when they play in a bunch of NFL stadiums, no one goes to the games. Everyone knows that conference stinks, and I think that's what bit Florida State. Florida State knows it. They sat there and made a bunch of noise in the summer about how this conference sucks. And that that conference affiliation is why they're not in the playoff. I think that was the bottom line, and I think that's probably going to speed up the, uh, the exit process for them and Clemson. And so I think it's the beginning of the end for the ACC. Um and Greg Sankey was out telling people why the SEC needed to be in there, right, on game day. And oh, yeah. on SEC, where was Jim Phillips? Uh, so no I think it was an indictment on that league. 
Um, it, I think it. I think it's it's very unfortunate that it happened, but I think it was a special situation, and I think a conference that the two big dogs are telling them, you know, this stinks. Let's get out of here. I think they kind of told on themselves a little bit, and I think that's just kind of where how it played out at the end of the day. Twelve of the top thirteen teams were from were going to be in the SEC or Big Ten next year. That's the way the sport's going, um, and you, it's going to open a can of worms. But for you know, playoffs changing next year, um, so things will be different. Uh, Brian wants to know if Ox is coming back. Yep, that's why he didn't go through Senior Day, and that gets us to our next question from Jake the Snake. Which look, um, we don't like to put predict portaling or but like let's just rapid fire some stay or go right um deuce hogan who knows maybe they talked him into staying Probably. depends if they get a second quarterback like a bo allen if they got a bo allen yeah then he'd be would, gone but maybe gone. maybe they told him they're not getting one and they just want him to stay right like that yeah i don't know definitely That's some funny business going on there yeah um wide receiver brandon white Maybe they're just not going to get another slot, and he's going to be number two to Anthony Brown next year, and he's fine. Yeah, he he. I thought he would be one that moved on, but that hasn't happened. So maybe so. Uh, Lavelle Wright, he has been injured for most of his career, and I think he could graduate too. So uh, that's why I had him on. I had him on my list, but the longer this goes, the more you have to think. Um, Maybe staying. So that's going to one. If that's one to watch, both. Post bowl in spring, um, he might be close to yeah. What would be their unofficial cut list? I would say. Right. Um, Tanner Bowles is on here, but he can't transfer again. He was a grad transfer, and they they'd like to. I think they want to. Keep well, him. he has a free. He, you have two transfers if you're a graduate. He's only used one, so he could transfer again. But I think they want him back for just to have that depth on the offensive line. And I don't think he's itching to leave from. Right, right. I don't know. Paul Rodriguez is in there, and that's uh maybe, maybe similar to I think borderline, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't know what was said in those meetings, uh, but that could be another one too. Where this spring yeah. he doesn't get, he doesn't end up landing where he thinks he should on the depth chart yeah. and ends up bolting. Like what happened with Wollaball last Correct. year in Buford? Yeah. Um, and here's the thing: some of these guys they're just gonna have to have maybe tough conversations with guys that don't want to leave. A lot of this at the beginning might just be guys who are ready to leave. Or these yeah. guys that might yeah, – because eventually you got to make the numbers meet. And right. depending on how many transfers you get, you got to find a way to make it work. Uh, a defensive line, Jake the Snake has Ox, Josiah Hayes, and Ribka. I thought they all had good years. Yeah, I think they'll all be back. Yeah. So, I don't – unless – and I, I haven't gotten any. Unless it's a Justin Rogers situation for one right. of them, but I don't, I don't think that would happen unless they just start feeling froggy. But I, I would expect all of them back. JJ Weaver's an interesting one that you brought up on Monday on the football podcast uh, that we'll be following closely. And they mentioned Noah Matthews, but hell, he he might have a faster path to playing time now. You know. I, yeah, but, you just look at all those high schoolers coming in, Nick. Like that's just a loaded room. So I think we're going. Wade was one. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another, especially if Weaver stays. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that's a good point too. Like one of those two will probably be there next year, but probably only one of those two. Fair to say. I think so. Um, he's got Djack and Wallace. Uh Djack ain't going anywhere. Well, he he did go through senior day, and I didn't think Andrew Phillips was going anywhere. 
and he declared. So I think it's with him, he's probably going to look at the draft and then just make a decision. I think Trevor Wallace is probably doing the same. So I think for both of those guys, it's going to be post-bowl decision. Kentucky really needs them to stay. Um, yeah. Just it would it be bluntly. disappointing if both of them left, in, in my view. Um, mostly because D-Jack, I think, is just a great college linebacker. But I don't know what his like his his weaknesses are. The thing you can't do in the NFL, and that's that fast twitch, being able to operate in open space. I don't, I just don't think he has the juice out there. And in Wallace's case, I really just, I mean, I didn't think Jamin Davis would blow up in the way he did, and maybe Wallace can too. But Jamin also produced. I mean, he had some incredible numbers. That year four season. Yeah, yeah, that was year four. I mean, that, that was incredible, and this was just year three for Trevin. And while he was a badass in the month of September, that production really tailed off. Um, you, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're, in, they're not really comparable between Trevin and Jamin there. So I I, I hope that and, – and here's the other thing too, Luckett. They're so two peas in a pod that I could see if one goes, they both go. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. definitely see that. Like they're uh, they're going to be if if they both leave, Kentucky's going to be in scramble mode. Yeah, which could in that be. position. Yeah, I don't think uh, Jacquez Jones is walking through that door. Uh, and then they have a couple spe- uh, defensive backs. Jake the Snake does Elijah Reed and Avery Stewart. I would hope Avery Stewart doesn't. You, yeah, you want I think him too. To be a player. Buffano recruited him, so yeah, you would think he's going to be good to come back, and then. Reed, I think he's another one of those kind of like with Paul Rodriguez and Brandon White, probably a borderline guy. And we'll see where he's at if Especially he stays for spring he, where he is at spring practice. He 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 did the corner thing. He did the safety thing. Maybe he's not happy with moving positions or something like that. You could see that happening. They also mentioned Wilson Berry, but are they going to get another punter? Are we going to keep doing that game? We saw one punter going to the portal, and it was like, oh, people forget he was on the roster. Yep. People did forget that. Yeah, um, has Wilson Mary graduated? I think if he was going to transfer, it'd probably be after he graduates. He's been here three years now, correct? Yeah, and he wasn't out there on senior day, so I don't think he's graduated. It's true. That's true. That was a, that was a fun little game there, though. It's a fun little game. They're also asking for freshmen with meaningful snaps next season. That was from Old Man Gamer. Um, I... The other twins coming in, I don't think you have to worry about only one of them playing. Yeah, yeah. Both of them dudes are playing. I really would like Teron Nichols to be good enough to play right away, too. They need him to play (laughs) snap They need that to be a hit. He needs to be a hit. Yes. 100% agree. He is – I I think he can be, but – See when he gets here, right? That that's also a position too. Like it, we saw in the past, they don't. If they, if you're good enough to play as a freshman, they'll play you as a freshman. They can they can make some stuff simple for you, where it's just, hey, go guard that guy in front of you, go do it. So, um, hopefully, that guy's a gamer. Um, yeah, those to me are the three, and then I think you'll see Brian Robinson, one of Patterson, Mizell, uh, potentially Devin Smith, and. Willie Rodriguez kind of become rotational players yeah. that will be borderline maybe redshirt decisions or guys that play a hundred ish snaps at the end of the year. So what I what we've realized like it is 
every year a new freshman tight end does something awesome against Louisville. First, yeah. it was the ass kicker just shoving his fist through a Cardinal Bird's face. This year, it was Kamari Anderson jumping over a Cardinal Bird and getting a first down. So let's predict now, what's Willie Rodriguez going to do to <laughs> Louisville next year in the Governor's Cup? Maybe just absolutely deplete somebody on kick coverage. Ooh, I like that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, screaming down on kickoff, and he just blows up like two guys at once and makes a tackle inside the 10, forces a fumble maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. I'm down for that. Sounds good for it. Can't wait to see it next year, Willie. Well, this has been a pleasure. We went a little long. It's been a little crazy. It's been very hectic. Um, we got to go check the portal and make sure nothing's happened because we're probably <laughs> going to have to post something as soon as we get out, out of here. Uh, That's but, the hey, life we've chosen, Nick Roush. 150 days till Kentucky Derby 150, Luckett. I'm, I hope you celebrate accordingly. That means we are only about one or 90 until the Masters. And about what? Maybe a little less than that. That's usually about a month before Derby, so 120 About 141-ish from the NFL draft? Oh, that now we're talking, baby. <laughs> That's the wheelhouse right there. Can't wait. Cannot oh, wait. Man. Well, this year, I'll get the old – because I don't think we're going to be going to the draft this year, Nick. Nope. Uh, I've got a sneaky feeling I'll be on the couch for that one, and I can't want, cannot wait to be locked in all seven rounds – but I will miss the McShay and Kuiper back and forth. I already ah, saw ah, ah. I already saw McShay tweeting at him and talking smack about the Jordan Love arguments they had. And so I will miss that, but I'm 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 ready for that. I'm ready to get into the draft season once we get this bowl game done with. It's uh it's gonna be a sprint. Make sure you're locked in with us wherever you're following along with Kentucky Sports Radio. We really appreciate you. For joining us on 11 Personnel, for Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.